Welcome back to the Super Flexible Podcast. I don't even know what episode number this is. I like to look before the show, but I did not. The voices that'll be with us this evening are other hosts, Mr. John Hogue and Mr. Bill McCarthy. I said on the Super Show last night that I wasn't even going to try to be like John, but that was pretty weak, <laughs> I'll admit. But I enjoyed it. Hey, you need a little, uh, you need some... Both ends of the spectrum need to be represented sometime. <laughs> go 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 full energy or go like no energy at all. Like Let's sometimes see. sometimes there's a, there's a, a there's a time and a place for it. There is. I don't know if I don't know if I picked the right time, but this is the place. This is the place. <laughs> <laughs> this is the time and the place that were chosen. We we kind of have been talking a lot like in our our chats amongst each other just about like I mean it's it was, we're mid season it's kind of time to start looking at a little bit like of our teams where we're at in our contention cycle. Um, I'm kind of a believer that you can contend all year this year. 2020 is so weird, but I think there's also that point where you can look at some teams and realize maybe you don't have a realistic chance. Um, but I think we're at that point where you need to start evaluating your teams a little bit. So I wanted to try to talk about a few of the guys that, and maybe they're still producing. Like, um, you'll see, I have Julio on this list tonight, but some guys that are depreciating in value. And if you're maybe a non-contender, how to move them and still kind of feel like you're profiting off those, those assets that are losing value. And then even kind of like the contending side of it a little bit. But so, so I had uh, off air. I, I had told you guys that I wanted to ask you guys yeah. something. Uh, I didn't realize that the segue was going to come quite so soon, but <laughs> <laughs> here we are. This is it. Uh, yeah, we're 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 getting on the highway. My, right here. my intro was weak, but I read everything you just told me to say to get us here. Yeah, that, no, that was perfect. That's that's all we really need. <laughs> everything yeah everything else is just bonus I, I i i bring in a show with all that energy just because i've got nothing after that oh come on no. <laughs> Boo. cheese and rice <laughs> um all right so here's my question for you guys tanking Let, let's start with that because i actually have a couple questions yeah. for you where do you guys stand on tanking both as a commissioner and as a team owner um go ahead bill yeah, we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago, and um, I'm a-okay with it, pretty much, um, as long nice. as you're playing active uh, players that are on the active roster. Nice. And I mean, me, like, as a commissioner, I don't want to babysit, and I think yeah. Bill mentioned that before, so that kind of mm-hmm. sucks, like, when, when somebody's tanking and they put you in that situation where you have either somebody DMing you about said team, or they're all of a sudden in your, your chat for the league kind of complaining the funny thing about those situations, this is neither here nor there, but the funny thing about those situations, usually if somebody complains to you about a team that's tanking, they're tanking too. Yes. And you're just kind of like, well, you're kind of doing the same thing. Um, <laughs> I think they're like, personally, I don't really care if you tank and kind of like Bill, if you um, are setting a, 
a feasible roster that you could at least like sort of make some arguments for. I can't bring myself to do it. I um I just I want to see what my teams have. I want to know where I actually am. I feel like 101 unless you trade it away. I feel like 101 should be for the worst team that's actually trying mm-hmm. just because that that's the team that needs it the most for this rebuild process to make your entire league a little bit more viable not just like the top nine teams all the time i kind of feel like if you have somebody that's tanking that has like a lot like some decent assets that could compete with you they're actually changing the the league's direction a little bit by making themselves look worse than maybe teams two teams that are actually worse than them and then they get like the 102 or 103 which by all means is still good don't get me wrong but and then that team that maybe could be the sixth seed, you never know, gets that 101 and adds those pieces. And um, so I don't know. So I'm really okay with it. But I don't think that you you sit like your studs. I don't. I, I just think that's weird. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to like yeah. get my panties in a bunch about it or anything or hot and bothered. But I don't understand it. I, I personally can't do it. Even my teams that I like I thought were gonna be really bad, I have still set a decent lineup and now like I'm the sixth seed. And now I'm like, man, I wanna make some moves and finish this off. Like my team's better than I thought it was. What do I need to do to make myself feel like I'm that as good as that first or second seed right now? Cause I'm surprised with how I'm doing, you know. I thought that I was gonna probably get a top three pick with my team. Um, this team's an orphan team. Um, and I even kind of made some like responsible tank moves where like when I had McKinnon and as soon as McKinnon was kind of hot, like traded him just so I wouldn't have to start him even on a bye week or anything like that. And I think that's the way you do it. Like you don't have like Mike Davis or Jarek McKinnon while they're putting up points and not use them. If, you know what I mean? That So if you, if you want to tank, like, you start to trade those players, you know, you trade Julio Jones, you you go by Dak, so, you know, those kind of moves. If you want to be a bad team, like make yourself a bad team, but do it responsibly, I guess. And uh, that's kind of where I am. I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm always going to be trying, like, you know what I mean? And I've messed up and like, man couple weeks ago even like i've had weeks where i'm like oh shit i didn't get Fournette out of my lineup in time stuff like that but um i don't know it kind of hurts my pride a little bit like i i don't know i just want to play i don't know i I feel good when my crappy team beats the number one team in the league it gives you an idea where you're at and what you have and you're i don't know i'm in some leagues dude where people have been going after picks for two or three years like literally, that's all they do, and you're just like, dude, I don't understand. Okay, whatever, and they're just always like turning a roster for picks, like I do for talent, because I think that's the part of it. Like you should, you should kind of like always be in a competitive rebuild. Yeah, but I, wh- where are you, John? I'm so pro tanking, <laughs> but um, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, it's just at the end of the day and uh, i mean usually i have a really hard time doing it i mm-hmm. have a hard time you know actually allowing myself to tank i'm just too competitive mm-hmm. for that but um which is going to bring me but to my other question here in a second but um you know 
I I have a hard time doing it. I have no problem with other with with people doing it just kind of in general. And in fact, like, you know, as a commissioner, I actually put in my bylaws that, you know, you're you're free to free to do whatever Mm -hmm. you need to do now. Like Bill said, I mean, it's got to be a valid lineup. It's got to be, you know, players who are on active roster, no bye weeks. Yeah. No injured players, Mm -hmm. no backup quarterbacks like that. I take that one a step, you know, that half step further than Mm -hmm. most people. But I say, you know, you can't you can't start a backup quarterback who has, you know, their only way they're going to get on the field is if, you know, the starter happens to get hurt. Like you can't take credit for for guessing that that guy was going to get hurt or benched for, you know, ineffectiveness like you, you you still get deemed for that. But, you know, Taysom Hill, you can start him. Taysom Hill is the perfect quarterback for a tanking team. Like, they, he should really just kind of get passed around super flex leagues so <laughs> that, like, whoever's trying the hardest to tank should, like, you know, pay up a little bit for Taysom Hill because he is, like, he's the freaking loophole, you know? You start him at quarterback and you get, single digit points every single week usually you're gonna get zero or you know close to it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then you know maybe you'll get like a seven yard catch from him or something Mm -hmm. that's kind of worst case scenario really i I think we're all i think we're sort of all similar on this like um as far as like i don't know just kind of at least set a lineup or but I don't know. I might be a little bit more on the non-tank side than you guys, but I don't really, I don't really care. Like sometimes when somebody <laughs> brings it up, you're just kind of like, <sighs> yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I hate the competitive balance argument that it annoys the crap out of me because that's not my job in any of my dynasty leagues. It's not my job to make sure that the entire league is quote unquote, you know, balanced competitively right that's not my job it's not it's not my job to get your team into the playoffs by beating the team that's keeping you out of the playoffs yeah it was your job to beat that team not mine right my job is to do what's best for the team that i paid for (laughs) yeah no that's a good point like i set up the league i'm not i you know i don't know you have a certain amount of trust within the league that people are just going to run their teams and you don't have to babysit like that yeah yeah and I, I don't know, like, I, I don't even think that, you know, to, to me, it's, it's not even like a, I don't know, it, it, it's kind of, I, I don't even consider it babysitting necessarily, you know, I, I'm just kind of like, you know, I, the, the way I had it explained to me, the, and this is my, my favorite quote on, on tanking. And I said this on Twitter too, but, um, you know, I bought my own groceries. Nobody else co- gets to come in my kitchen and tell me how to cook them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's to me, that's kind of the bottom line. Mm-hmm. I bought this team. I paid for this team. Right. If it, it, it's you know, part, if it's partly entertainment me, and it's yeah. part of your, I mean, that's kind of how I look at fantasy. It's my entertainment money part of it. You know what I mean? That cause you're not always going to win. Yeah. But it's also, you know, it's also, a little bit of income in a oh, way. Oh, sure, it's, sure. You yeah. know, there's there's yeah. money on the line. Usually, like let's all be adults here and admit that like we're playing for money. Yeah, you know, yeah. And you know, if I choose to throw away my you know whatever it is twenty five, fifty, hundred bucks, whatever, 
uh, on on the season just you know just throw it in the trash for the season and and tank my team like i mean that's that's it's my money and i'm choosing how i how i spend it you mm-hmm. know so so yeah that's that's kind of the bottom line for me but so my my second question though on this for you guys is so you're you're Owen five right now, uh, or Owen six, I guess now. And, you know, worst team in the league, lowest scoring, but you traded away your 2021 first in the offseason. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Been there. What what's your agenda now? Um, Bill, what's your agenda? You haven't you haven't said much. I know how I feel about this. I'm either gonna try to get that back or I'm going to try my best to make the playoffs because I want to make that the worst pick possible. Yep. I mean, there's no point in tanking yes. if I don't have it. Right. Yep. No. Yeah. I mean, and, that's and what I did in Trade X3. I went in and it's just a team that I'm like, all right, I'm blowing this up. And the first thing I did was went and I probably overpaid for my pick back. But it, it made me, you know, it, it gave me a lot of other options once that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So that question ended up being easier than i thought it would be (laughs) the first one was the first one there's kind of some gray area i guess but that one yeah i mean you play spoiler you try and ruin that pick yeah (laughs) i mean absolutely man the minute you trade your like a first round pick away you want to make that pick as bad as you possibly can all year Mm -hmm. long and and then um if you can get it back that's great but then like to be the and because i've thought this way too um, I'm not just doing it to argue or ha- but to throw this out there. Like there is the other side. Depending on how you look at that team, how like how you still have to find a way to rebuild that team. If you don't, fe- I mean, if you're getting the 101 now and it went that south for you, which it can. Like, what are you doing to rebuild that team now that you don't have your pick? Like, is it sometimes kind of just kind of worth trying to get some of those? maybe injured players or young players that aren't quite developed yet that you believe in and not worry about the one-on-one you traded away just so that you can start your rebuild process like Bill did and he was lucky enough to get his pick back but you're not always going to be that lucky or what did you pay for do you mind us asking Bill or do you remember without yeah it was um so it's trade x is 1.75 for tight ends and um I moved Mark Andrews um for my first and i can't remember what tight end i got back but it was a young young up and coming Hmm. tight end um i don't mind that already i don't even know the tight end i can't think of i mean it wasn't anybody major it was somebody along the lines of like um uh herndon or you know something um yeah ian thomas you know somewhere in that range um somebody that's disappointed Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, you know, a young guy that had the some some potential um, for opportunity. And um, but, yeah, I'm going to end up with like probably like a 103 or something from that pick or 102. OK. Yeah, that's not bad, really. Yeah. <clears throat> Certainly not a discount, but. Right. Not, you know, they they def, they didn't run you over the coals like a lot of people would in that situation. Yeah, yeah I guess I wasn't going to do that. You know what I mean? At some point, you just got to say it's not worth it because now I'm hurting my team more than I would. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, you'd be hurting yourself just for getting that 101 or 102. I think a lot of times people get so caught up in adding that pick that they they actually set themselves back further by trading for it. Oh, yeah. 
And people put a little bit too much weight on, I mean, on draft picks in general, but especially on 101. Mm. Like the idea that, you know, the the first rookie pick is just going to completely turn around a rebuild. Right. It's like, honestly, the the thing that you're, you know, that those draft picks do the most for you in a rebuild is, you know, in, in their actual trade value. Like if you make that pick, you're that's that's not the optimal move for a rebuilding team. Yeah, especially because so often that top pick is generally going to be a a running back. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, I mean, it it really should in these super flex leagues. It should really be a quarterback most of the time. And I think this year, you know, twenty twenty one, it's going to be a little easier than most to to go with a with Trevor Lawrence over any of those running backs but like you know in the past it's it's been tough it's been a little bit tough to decide between you know joe burrow and jonathan taylor yeah or you know baker mayfield and well i mean we just we went saquon barkley <laughs> he was he he was the one you know it, but but dude i think you make a good point there like i think that one of the biggest mistakes that rebuilding teams make it's not that they want the picks because we all want the picks. Let's be honest. Even with everything you said, there's just something fun and sexy about having those picks when you know they're going to gain that value. But I think yeah. one of the most common mistakes I see the rebuilding teams make is rebuilding around picks and just being like, nope, I'm only looking for picks. And so yeah. stubborn to that that it's like, well, I have some youth, you know, and some guys that used to be picks that you know like might help you rebuild <laughs> quicker you know like what i mean I, yeah like yeah like i di- i did all the hard work i made that pick and i i just sat around and waited for that guy to turn into a productive veteran yep and now i'm offering him to you right yeah you know like you could you could start this rebuild a little sooner or you could be you know contending with the big boys up here quicker or um I don't know. I don't think a rebuild should take three to four years. No, no. If it, yeah, if it does, you're doing it wrong. A rebuild, you, you should be able to, to rebuild a team. Honestly, by the end of the season, <laughs> like yeah. this, you should, you should be able to rebuild it. Yep. And certainly by the time the rookie draft rolls around, you should have it rebuilt to a point where you can tell what those draft picks need to do for you yeah and again for the this is this is the toughest part about dynasty like there's the it's it's really kind of a catch-22 with rookie picks because in all honesty the teams that should be making rookie picks are the contenders Mm, not the rebuild yeah adding to what you have yeah there's too much risk involved with rookie picks and there's there's also you know there's just a waiting period with most of them. I mean, now we're even seeing it with the running backs. None of these rookie running backs, like we finally just got kind of a breakout game from DeAndre Swift. Yeah. And may- maybe he's going to continue it, you know. I you know, it 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 actually seems pretty likely with him, but the rest of those guys, I mean, Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Helaire, those guys are both on the field and they're really not doing much right now. Yeah, not as much as like, uh people want to make it sound like Jonathan yeah. Taylor, man, I keep waiting for too. Um, he's had some good weeks, but but then I mean, man, you look at Dobbins and Acres. Yeah, they're not even on the field yet. Yeah, and and that's the whole thing. Like, you know, we we 
you know, we, we knew that there's a waiting period with quarterbacks. We knew that it takes some time for them to develop. And now, I mean, it's really kind of flipped because Herbert's already <laughs> performing like a, a top 10 quarterback and, you know, with even more upside to, to reach for. And, you know, Burrow has, his he's, he's shown that he's going to be a long-term superstar, but I don't think he's there yet, honestly. So, but, you know, we, we've known that there's a waiting period with them. We know that there's usually a waiting period with wide receivers. There's usually a guy or two who gives you somewhat of a breakout as a rookie. And we're kind of getting that with Chase Claypool, you know, and, and I know I, like CD, I, I wouldn't say CD Lamb is. I, you still have to wait on CD Lamb before he's going to be predictable. Even some of the uh, trades I see for Chase Claypool right now, and um, I wish Brian was here. Because I, I like Claypool a lot. I bet we all do. But even some of the moves I see for him, I'm like, man, I, I really like Claypool, but I don't know how I feel about that trade that you're, I, I don't, I can't think of an exact example, but I know I've seen some trades where they're like, finally got Claypool. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, that's what you did to get Claypool. Like, I, I'm just not with you there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Claypool was like a third round rookie pick. Yeah. In most, yeah. In most cases. And and yeah, I mean, he's kind of doing this with Deontay Johnson out, so it's you know we don't have he looks pretty damn good. Whole context, yeah, he does, he does. And and I mean, they're they're kind of doing the same thing that the Niners were doing last year with Debo Samuel, and you know, just manufacturing touches for him, even if you have to hand it off to him. Yep. So so let me ask yeah. you guys this. Yeah. If and let's assume for this, Bill, that you have your picks. But your teams, you're you're just not loving it. You don't like it. Maybe it's an orphan. Maybe you just didn't draft that well, or it's getting old. But it's time. How are you tanking? Like what? How are you tanking? Like we know now that it doesn't bother you much. But for you to feel good about it, how are you guys tanking? Well, my first first thing I'm going to do is look at the any veteran that you know has any sort of value. I'm going to start moving those guys. you know, especially the running backs and I might move my tight ends if it's not like a major tight end premium, just because then I'm going to be starting some, somebody who's getting me one or two points and that's going to help me tank in that way. So I'll just kind of like give myself like a bad position so that, you know, I'm not putting out like an incredible, you know, starting lineup. And that's pretty much it. I don't, I don't, I don't dismantle teams. I, you know, I just feel like you're, you're, you're digging a deeper hole than you need to. Um, so that's pretty much it. It's pretty simple for me. Just get rid of some of the older guys that, you know, if you feel like it's going to take a year or two um, and their value is going to decrease, you know, even if I have to take a little bit of a hit on those guys, I'm more likely to do that. And I might get picks just because of the value thing, you know, you know, it's going to be worth it in March to have those picks. But a lot of times I'm more than happy to grab like a, you know, first or second year receiver that's kind of kind of not quite hit yet mm-hmm. um so i mean that's pretty much what i'm doing i'm just you know kind of rolling the dice a little bit with youth and uh getting rid of guys that are going to depreciate you know like Gurley would be a perfect example if he's on my team right now he's getting he's getting shipped yeah uh you know and you might be able to get a second rounder and that's it and that's okay like he's not he's gonna hurt you being in your starting lineup so you may as well uh, move them and get what you can. Yeah, I have a lot. I have so much Todd Gurley. I'm concerned. Um, John, what about you? How are you tanking? 
So it, it kind of depends on the makeup of my team, like what, where, where are the strengths and the weaknesses, you know, because first of all, I mean, if, if we're, if we're talking about old wide receivers, like you're, you know, it's like AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton, guys like that. I mean, like you've kind of seen this coming and, you know, <laughs> why are we just now dealing with it <laughs> once these guys are over the edge of the cliff? Yeah. You know, so so it it, it really kind of depends. Like, you know, are, are we talking about like, you know, veterans who are, you know, they're they're not at the edge of the cliff yet. Um, but you know, you're, you're not getting the type of production that you used to get from them. Um, are they kind of on the downside and where's your depth, you know, Mm -hmm. because this is a mistake that a lot of people are making this year is, you know, a lack of production, a a lack of scoring and immediately go into rebuild mode. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, you know, there, there are, there are teams right now who you know the 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 roster makeup is you know it's going to be good enough to to actually make a playoff push when this stuff starts to even out a little bit once people you know once players start getting healthy yeah um once we get through some bye weeks uh you know uh, get through um some uh some you know some covid stuff um you know there there are going to be some teams who are going to be able to go from 0 and 6 to six and six and verge of the playoffs. Like that's going to happen in most leagues. Yeah. It, also, yeah, it, it could. There's also going to be some teams that are, you know, four and two right now, but they don't win. Extremely for lucky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it's going to catch up to them and you're going to have a hard time beating them to, to one Oh one because their team is just that bad, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it there's there's still some missing context there and the, you know that people don't really like to consider they just immediately just go into rebuild mode just like it's a a, a normal season and it's not you know yeah yeah it, i do agree with that in in the past you could have said all right i started off 0 and 4 let's just let's just call it a call it a day you know and that you know that would have made total sense and and but, you know, I think that you're missing an opportunity right now if if you, you know, consider this a lost season too soon. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are doing that. So, oh, dude, I think a lot of people are doing it this year. Yeah. Yeah. Way too many. And, and the problem is, I mean, now, now here going into week seven, sure. If you're 0-6, you know, you can probably, <laughs> I, I mean, you're, you're going to have to win out and that's going to be tough. So like, far. League, leagues are literally fighting about which team gets to tank. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that but some of them last year, like yeah. everybody's tanking for Tua, you know, it was so uh, crazy yeah. last year. How many teams did that? Yeah. And it was like basically gift wrap playoffs for a lot of teams. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're again, you're, you know, you're two and four team very well could be good enough to get to the playoffs, especially when everybody starts, you know, reading the tea leaves and deciding that it's time to just embrace the rebuild, you know? And you, you, yeah, I mean, you kind of cut your league in half. You're down to like, you're down to six teams competing for six playoff spots. Yeah. Like why just hand it to anyone? Right. You know, when your team started off bad because of some injuries, but the reality is you're good enough to be, you know, a top two or three seed. Yeah. 
Like why why give it up now? So and, and I mean and, honestly, once you get to the playoffs, I look at it as a fresh slate. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And in fact, I mean, I say this every year, but a lot of times, you know, the teams that get in with the last, you know, one or two seeds because they got hot late, those are the teams that end up winning fantasy championships more often than not. Yeah. Or are they the teams that were working to get there because they saw they needed to make moves while the like top three teams got content with what they had and didn't feel they needed to make those moves. That's what I don't know. I just think yeah. there should be a constant like like just a rotator that you kind of go through and just I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like so last year there was a team that I'm like, all right, I'm gonna tank because it's just there's no way I'm competing and there's no way I'm gonna win, you know, and. There were teams that just completely went all out to tank, and I ended up with the 105. So, like, how fruitless was it for me, you know, getting the 105? I could have tried, mm-hmm. made the playoffs, and had a chance to win money. Yeah. And, Once you're there, who knows, you know? Yeah, right. exactly. And, I mean, if I ended up with the 105, that means I was pretty darn close to making the playoffs anyway. <laughs> and that was right. me trying to tank. So, like, I'm there just because I'm never going to be the guy who just completely dismantles, like – you either have to go completely all out and then and be sure that that guy's going to be and we never know right like Tua got hurt and all of a sudden that everybody's plans went to you know went to shit and <laughs> yeah yeah and, and then you're just kind of going oh man i just wasted a whole year of opportunity yeah and could've, i have nothing to show for more. it yep yeah yeah exactly that happens every year too the rookies what what we think the rookie draft is going to look like here in October is not at all what it ends up looking like right. by you know May. But yeah, I mean the but that's a that's the thing that there there are right now there are like five you know six and zero oh, five and one teams yep. that were riding Dak Prescott and Mike Davis. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's that team is headed for a rebuild, but because they're at the top of the standing standings people are just gonna leave them alone up there they're gonna just be like all right they're untouchable now i can't catch them i'm i'm two Mm, and four that's a good point you know i'm i'm you know four games back it's like that team's gonna be lucky to win another game go after them go for me like some of the first things i did with my teams that were a little deeper and i had like the kyle allens or the andy dollins and i didn't feel i needed them so much because i was fine at quarterback the first thing I did was like approach those DAC owners to see like every week if somebody gets injured, I will put that into the league search engine, see who has that player. And if maybe we can work something out, whether it's me giving you McKinnon for cheap or something like that, like those pieces I don't need or want so much that you feel desperate. Like that that's a move that I feel is kind of psychological because you, you get them while they're down. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I just lost my running back. And then they're like, oh, here's Mike Davis, super cheap. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's it's not the same, but, man, maybe I'll use this guy for a minute. And I, I think you attack quickly and um, go after those teams before they even start looking or before other teams have a chance to approach them. Um, mm-hmm. So neither of you guys quite went here, but <laughs> in a league that I'm in, neither of you are in. There are two teams that were kind of making moves like that, like trading Mike Davis away or um, some older players just getting moved like boom, 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 like one after another. And a couple teams didn't like it. One team, I should say. 
but it felt like a couple just with how it all went down and kind of like oh, a few teams tanking here that that's how i read it anyway <laughs> <laughs> and and to me i'm just thinking well that's how you tank kind of like that they're they're selling these assets to contenders that could use them like hop get in on that like that's what you need to be doing like stop hating and worrying about what these teams are doing and go get those players for cheap right now that like they're having a fire sale let them like yep and uh but to me that's kind of how if i feel like i want to tank or i'm in any situation that makes me want to tank i'll just say that but i want to because i don't think you do need to i kind of agree with um how john said it but if i want to because Maybe I do, but I think that you have to find a way to like trade for some injured players or kind of make it that that's how I like to do it. I feel a little bit better about it if I'm that way I can still set my best lineup, but it's just not as good. Like maybe I only have like one quarterback now and I try to trade for a Sam Darnold and hope that he has a job again or something like that or a Dak Prescott. Maybe I go after Dak, but Mm. that's how I want to do it. That's how I want to tank. But I thought it was funny that the people that were doing it that way, even they got a little bit of crap for, and they're kind of like, it's a 14 team, super flex, and they're they're kind of crummy looking teams, so I kind of get it. One of them's an orphan they took over. Um, maybe they would fit the scenario John just explained, where if they kept going, they could stay in it. But I kind of see why they're tanking when you really look at their teams. You're just kind of like, well, why wouldn't they, you know, like... By the time that player is going to be good for their team, they're not going to have any role in the NFL unless it all lands right for them again. Yeah. So those are the those are the moves I feel like they should be making. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, there there are indicators. There's there definitely there's a roster build. There's several roster builds where it, it does it makes sense to you know to embrace a rebuild and and you know start tanking. And you know we we talk all the time about you know the the you know kind of the flywheel um essentially where you know everything's kind of pulling in the same direction where your roster is kind of storing the energy to you know and and kind of dispersing it throughout your roster wherever you need it and you know there are just so many like swags you and i talked a lot about this um i mean it was several weeks ago now when we when we podcasted together and talked about this one, but you know how, you know, you've got, you've got like, you know, old quarterbacks and young wide receivers on the same roster, Mm, like, you know, (laughs) rookie wide receivers and, you know, a couple old quarterbacks and, you know, it's like everything's moving in different directions at that point. Yeah. You know, like that, that's a team to rebuild, even if it's winning, honestly. Yeah. Even if it's winning, rebuild it now. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you're, you're just not going to, you're not going to stay in contention and you're actually going to put yourself in a worse situation next year. If you've got, you know, those rookie wide receivers who are going to be spotty as hell, they're not always going to be able to support the rest of your roster. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Yeah. Know? Yeah. The, the key word is dynasty. And I want a dynasty that's in like that top six every year. Like I want a team that you just kind of know, like somehow like that, that's what I want. Like are all my teams like that? No. But I mean, to me, the key word is like, you want to build that dynasty that everybody's always kind of like, they just, they expect to see you in the playoffs. 
mm-hmm. not necessarily the the finals, but the playoffs. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I think some teams like they'll even go on a run. So I'm glad that you said even if you you're winning and you feel like you can contend, like there's still a time to look at it and realize you need to rebuild a little bit. You don't necessarily need to fire sale and turn it all over, but you need to kind of be in a competitive rebuild. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that a lot. Like sometimes I think people go for the win, even though, like you said, it is a sort of a payday for us at the end of the year and at the right time. It's right around Christmas time. Get some extra change in your pocket. <laughs> but but sometimes there are those times where it's like, well, I want to be doing this every year. I don't want it to be over after this year. Yes. So I think one of you should be a contender and one of you should be a pretender. Nice. What do you guys want to be? What do you? <laughs> who wants? I'll be the pretender. Who wants to be the pretender? <laughs> Bill is our pretender this evening. Yeah, nice. All you gotta do is look at the studs versus duds score. <laughs> Dude, you've got like you're the most consistent of the bunch. I am. I am very consistent, so. and I appreciate you putting the donut emoji. <laughs> In the uh, show sheet. Equals donut. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You've just been unlucky, Bill. Um, Okay. (laughs) But you still picked some decent duds. It's just you've put them up against studs that outscored them, honestly. So it still kind of proves the point of the game. You're just not doing good at it. Well, thanks. Appreciate Bill, that. Bill's like, is this really what we're here to talk about? <laughs> as a hey, per- I'm fully embracing this. <laughs> oh, we'll we'll get to studs versus duds. Oh, we didn't just cover we're- it. <laughs> <laughs> so, as a pretender, you you own Julio, and let, let's even like I don't know if we need to get through all these players, but I'm going to say the ones I put on the list because I think that they are losing value, whether it's because of age. Or just what we've seen from them this year. Um, Julio is the first player on the list, and I think he's by far like the best player on this list, and the one that is hardest for me to have on the list. But nonetheless, like even when we were talking earlier, when John mentioned like AJ Green and Ty Hilton, who were never Julio. Don't get me wrong; they were never Julio, and I'm not trying to say that. But you get to this point where you're like, oh, they like my stocks crashed. Like I have nothing. I went bankrupt on AJ Green. I don't want to do that with Julio, but I probably have a couple situations I will. Anyway, Bill, as the pretender, what are you doing with Julio? Am I selling them? Is that what you're asking me? I mean, am I crazy? Yeah, yeah, you're selling him. Oh, I'm absolutely selling them. Yeah, I, I think that he. I mean, anything if I can get a first plus for him, I would be ecstatic. Um, or you know, on the plus being maybe a young player uh, with some upside. Um, I don't really don't know what the even what the market is for him right now, but it kind of helps that he just had a really good game. Yeah, I uh, mean, both week. of his healthy games, he's had really good games. Yeah, week one and then just now week six. I mean, and maybe I maybe I wait like one more week just to kind of show that there's a trend of him being back. Um, but I would definitely start shopping at this moment for sure. And I mean, would you agree with that, John? As uh, like as the contender, are you going out to get Julio? Or I feel like I'm the biggest ageist of our group, so I kind of like <laughs> kind of just being in the middle of this one and seeing how you guys feel about it. But 
I have quite a bit of Julio because I took advantage of the price drop like last year, just because I still believed. And um, now I'm kind of like, yeah. But yeah, are you yeah. buying him? Yeah, I am. I, yeah. Um, and I, I'm kind of not in ages that much when it comes to wide receivers. Especially but, wide receivers um, like Julio. Yeah, yeah. He's he's kind of a different cat. And, you know, Larry Fitzgerald has been productive long after we buried him. So. Yeah. How many times it, have you seen Fitzgerald traded for a third? Right. Yeah. Like in the last like three or four years. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how long we've been. It's It's been, you know, Fitz retirement watch. Reaping now. the benefits. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, I, I think that you're still getting Julio Jones longer than, I mean, you know, not to like spoiler alert a little bit, because I, but we're going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott too. I think Julio Jones has more productivity at this point left than, than Ezekiel Elliott. Like Julio could almost be part of a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Like if you got him for the right price at, at this point, right? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if I would, if I would do that, but, um, is a contender for sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, he's going to last long enough that you, you know, you could get him cheap. So, you know, it, that part makes some sense. The only tough part for a, for a rebuild is just the fact that, you know, you, you, you still have to hedge with him. You know, you still have to, you still have to add another young wide receiver just in case. And in a rebuild, I want to be as lean as possible. A wide receiver. Mm. I don't. I don't want to handcuff any of them. I don't want to. I don't want to have to have contingency plans for them. You know, if if I if I get screwed over by injuries, so be it. But yeah. you know, is it what I? For me, the ideal situation is I've got just enough wide receivers to fill my lineup even through bye weeks. Like even in the worst case scenario, bye weeks. So, Bill. And we'll find out if John's okay with this and how he feels afterwards. But, Bill, John is offering you Debo and Marquise Brown for your Julio. I'm pro- I'm doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just giving me, you know, two younger options that have some potential to, you know, shoot up. And those are the kind of guys I actually like to have in a rebuild because if Marquise Brown hits has a couple big games, he's somebody I can move for even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like Debo is going to get more and more touches as he gets healthy. So, yeah, that would definitely be something I would be receptive to. John, would you do that? Um, to get to take on Julio on your contender? I think I'm probably giving up too much value, but um for my purposes, I would do it. Yeah. Who do you guys like better, Debo or Hollywood? Hollywood for me. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. I I, I would take Debo. Awesome. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I I get it. I mean, and I think that you like that that type of receiver more, right? Like, you're definitely a guy who likes to get those those like short passes, and they can do something with the ball. Um, it seems like that's kind of more your style, like Lavisca, you know? Yeah, and, and uh, man, yeah, I, I like those guys. Don't get me wrong, but for me, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm moving to a receiver that's in an offense that's gonna throw for like. 4,000 yards versus an offense that's going to throw for 32 to 35. Both have solid tight ends that are probably the number one option on the team when healthy. Mm. So for me, I just, I, I think with a healthy Debo, I think the ceiling's a little bit better and man, 
It it probably it's is. It's Lamar hate, okay? There it is. <laughs> I know. I know. That's, I wasn't going to say it. I think that's fair because mine's Jimmy G hate. And, 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 <laughs> and that's that's my problem, John. I don't like Jimmy G anymore. Yeah. And I mean, the, it's it's less that I don't like him. It's more that they don't like him. Like that's becoming a problem for all the pieces of the of the 49ers offense right now is, I mean, it it doesn't seem like they trust Jimmy G, but it doesn't seem like they, you know, they're willing to make a move just yet. But like you feel it coming and he feels it coming, you know, <laughs> it, it's I, I don't know. It's just it's just some drama that I really wish that they would just 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 rip the bandaid off, you know. Let's just do it. Like, just move on already. And I mean, maybe even seriously, like trade him, cut him, whatever, just to, yeah, you know, just to fully turn the page. Yeah. And then, you know, then I'll feel a little bit better about Debo Samuel. But this this purgatory, this limbo that they've got us in right now mm-hmm. where we don't like the quarterback, but we're stuck with him. Right. Like that, that does not inspire any confidence. Yeah, I hear you. But it, but it sounds like in the end, like we got a good deal done there that you guys both feel good about for your rebuild process, Bill, and for John's powerhouse he's building that he just added Julio to. Yeah, good job, yeah. John. Nice yeah. deal. So good the trade. the next one's going to be tough because John is our contender, and John solidly like talked me out of making a trade to acquire Zeke. <laughs> um, last week, so I know how uh, I, I know how John feels about this one. So, um, John, what would it take? What I mean, what would you? Can you think of like a, an offer where you might feel good about adding Zeke to your strong team? I mean, Bill would have to seriously discount him. That's the that's some the kind problem. of reach around or something, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drinks first, and <laughs> for me or you? <laughs> yeah, we're both gonna need it. <laughs> you might even, you might even get yours roofied. Um, hey, <laughs> that's exactly what I need. <laughs> that's what it would take. Bill's like, I'm holding Zeke. I'm, I'm good. Bill, Bill, volume two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it it would seriously take it would I it would take more of a discount than you know than he's willing to give I think because first of all so you know my so my first round pick is is tracking to be a pretty late one. Yep. I would obviously add to that, but not nearly as much as most trade calculators are going to tell you, not certainly not as much as Cowboys fans are going to tell you. Not as much as most Zeke owners are going to tell you. Yeah. Like, I'll give you a starter, but I mean, it's not going to be a, a great, like James Robinson, maybe. Um, so you're saying that late first and James Robinson, you maybe would do? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's about as, probably I almost about feel like as you're giving up a go. lot. Really? Like, I think, well, I, you, I, I, get, run, I, I understand the, Robinson. even the late first though, like, I mean, by, I, I just wonder how we're going to feel about Zeke by the time we're drafting in rookie drafts. And I know that all the picks don't hit, Yeah. but man, like uh, I would take Justin Jefferson over Zeke. Yeah. Well, in, I mean, so here's the thing is, you know, we're, we're kind of going off of the assumption, like this is how you know, a contending team 
typically behaves, which is something that just kind of right off the top, I, I don't subscribe to. Like, I think that everybody, and you mentioned this earlier, Swag, like everybody should treat it like a competitive rebuild. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what every team should be. And so just because you're a strong contender doesn't mean you should be going after Ezekiel Elliott. Mm -hmm. Like, he's what he's going to end up doing is leaving you with this smoldering hole in your lineup after this season. Sure, sure, yeah. Kind of the way Todd Gurley just did, kind of the way Le'Veon Bell did, yeah. the way David Johnson did. He's about to do that exact same thing to you. But but with so, that said, in your situation as being yeah. the contender, I think I would much rather go buy Todd Gurley for a lot cheaper than Zeke today. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So, I mean, if I have the option of not trading for Zeke at all, <laughs> I mean, like I'm trying to that, come that up with That can be an the, option. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, we're trying to also yeah. throw like some ideas for I, I other mean, I people think, out there. So, yeah, I mean, if you're saying like if you're a contender, don't even bother with Zeke. Like I totally get it. I think what you have to pay to acquire Zeke today mm-hmm. is going to set you back. And, and you might not get that production like you think you're going to out of Zeke at this point. Yeah. And I think if I was in a rebuild, but I have Zeke, rather than try and sell him, I mean, obviously I would try and sell him because, you know, he's he he's worth more than he should be mm-hmm. right now. But um, I, I think that, you know, my number two agenda would actually just be to acquire Tony Pollard more than to trade away Zeke. Hmm. Because so that, because so you, you want that handcuff, or well, it wouldn't be your handcuff, but in case Zeke goes down, and you think he's the next man up if Zeke goes away, like at the end of a contract, or just in case Zeke gets hurt. Well, I just I I already see that workload just being dispersed more and more evenly. It's getting more and more balanced, and honestly, Tony Pollard looks better right now than Ezekiel Elliott does. So that that way you just kind of transition from Zeke into Pollard seamlessly mm-hmm. and without making any kind of move. So, I mean, you're you're just kind of locking up the Dallas backfield long term, you know, um, rather than trying to figure out what the hell to do with Zeke. If just in case you miss that window, Bill hasn't even get got to talk yet. And he's like, <laughs> shit, I'm not even going to be able to sell Zeke today. <laughs> Yeah. I'm actually looking yeah, at the at one of my teams right now where I have Zeke. It's the only team I have Zeke, and I'm trying to figure out what to do with them right now. Yeah. <laughs> so <sighs> I see one guy has James Robinson on the. Uh, what's your uh, What's your 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 standings? Um, it's a good question. But yeah, I'm I on mean, the I'm on the lower end. It's actually the league you and I are in together. Um, it's the one of the safe leagues. Okay, four four seven. Yep. Um, because I think I'm kind of with John on this, and I'm I'm guessing Bill is, but I think that you sell him in either situation, whether you're a contender or a pretender. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we're gonna drive this value down, so wait a little longer to to buy Zeke, like, but it'll catch up. Like Zeke will be the next running back that the community drives his value down on because of everything we're talking about today really i mean it, it's it's that time and yep. he's next in line <laughs> great i've got to make this trade tonight pretty quick man i mean the value is still high enough it's kind of absurd how high his value is and i get it because of his past but so the next one's tough for me um but it's gardner Minshew, and and i mean if 
if we were going to have like beep, 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 public nervous announcement. If we were going to do that tonight, like I would I would definitely put Gardner on it. That drop is awesome. <laughs> I'm like, is Har here? <laughs> he just popped in just for that. Just popped in. Just to say that. But I mean, I, I'm getting to that point now where it's kind of getting to that point where we kind of talked about early on if the Jack, no matter how good he's doing for fantasy, no matter how he's doing for the team, if they have a losing record, we are, you have to worry about them drafting a quarterback next year. And I think we are at that point. Um, I'm in deeper than anybody I know with Gardner shares, and I definitely want to move a few. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you got, we haven't talked about this much in a while as far as Gardner goes and just where we're at, but, um, I mean, John, I did, John, I, I know your teams are strong at quarterback, but mm-hmm. he's he's here for you to take from Bill. Yeah. But what were you going to yeah, say? Uh, Sorry. Well, I, I I think that it's time to reassess a little bit what we were saying in the offseason with Gardner, because, you know, the, it's still true that, you know, if they ended up with one of the top two picks, I think that he's probably gone. I mm-hmm. think you I mean, you you cannot pass up just uh, Trevor Lawrence. And I don't know that you could pu- pass up Justin Fields either. Mm-hmm. Um, what the part that we didn't include in our calculus is the ability of Adam Gase to drive a team into the freaking ground <laughs> <laughs> until he hits molten lava. Yeah, we we didn't know that Dwayne Haskins was going to be an utter failure. That Ron Rivera was going to be an utter failure. Yeah. Um, you know, and we didn't know that you know Saquon Barkley was going to go out for the season and render Daniel Jones completely useless. Yeah, we didn't know that that Jason Garrett forgot how to coach an offense in you know while he was screwing up as a head coach, and we didn't honestly we didn't know that Mike McCarthy was going to be basically the worst thing that could happen to the Dallas Cowboys with the with the exception of losing Dak Prescott for the entire season. Mm-hmm. And so, and now you've got both of those, you don't have Dak, you do have Mike McCarthy. So, so there's some really bad teams. I don't yeah. think, I, I, I just don't think that Jacksonville is going to end up with one of those top two picks. So I think Gardner's safe. So yeah, I, I would invest in Gardner. I don't know that I would trade him away if I was in a rebuild though. Bill, are you worried? Are you, what are you doing? For sure. I'm, I mean, I know what I'm getting, right? I'm getting him to perform this year and that's what I'm banking on. So this is the kind of trade that I would make as a contender if I would lost Dak, like make a move for Minshew because you know, he's going to be a starter for the rest of the year. Um, but I'm not paying like crazy prices for him. I mean, I would definitely move him if I'm in the position as a, you know, potential rebuilder. Um, because I don't feel super comfortable about his situation next year. I think even if um, even if they don't fall into like a top draft pick, I think they're still gonna figure out other ways to potentially help at that position or move up in the draft. Mm. Yeah, or, right. Or that's an option as well. So John is offering you two twenty twenty one seconds for your Gardner Minshew. Um, I mean if. They're early enough. I, I would consider it. Um, Don't do it. They're random. One is his, and you're making no. his team better with giving him Gardner. I probably wouldn't do that then. I would rather just roll the dice and see. I mean, I figure like he's a guy that I 
probably didn't pay a ton for in the first place, so I'm okay just him dying on my roster for that. And I'd probably need a first. John, you're, are you fine sending those seconds? Would he have accepted it? Um. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, to me, like two random seconds, that basically is, a, that's the equivalent of a random first. Mm-hmm. And to me, any starting NFL quarterback, it's worth with the first. possible exception of Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, Kyle are Allen. worth the first. Oh, yeah, Kyle Allen is is also not in that conversation. <laughs> so about half the league. <laughs> yeah. um, so I actually, this was actually a trade that was on the Twatterverse today. And I, I they somebody was getting two seconds for him. And everybody said, take the seconds. And I was there very quickly, kind of like, no freaking way. Like, you don't right. do that. Like, And they're like, well, he's done after this year. I go, we don't know that. And even if he is, he's not done this year. Like he's, there's no guarantee that those seconds even help you next year. Like they could, like this year, they could have been Joshua Kelly. They could have been, you know, like Zach Moss, Michael Pittman. They, they, maybe they don't help you next year. You know, you don't know that just because you're getting two seconds there, you're they, You don't know you're going to make those picks, right? You don't know who's going to be there for you. And you know what you're getting out of Gardner, even if it's just for this year. So, but it, it was crazy to me that it was heavily on the two pick side and everybody was very vocal with me about my insanity for taking the gardener side. So, yeah. um, I'm used to it. It drinks the crazy sauce. I had another, another one. But, um, so what about Stafford? John, you're you're here with two Lions fans that I'm guessing. <laughs> I, I I don't mean to speak for you, Bill. We haven't talked about this in a while, but I'm worried. Mm-hmm. Are, are you worried, Bill? I mean, I'm slightly, but I'm not really because I feel like you know he he struggled early because he didn't have Galladay, but you know, and everybody's talking about um, how shallow his passes were, and then right when Galladay came back. They, his average depth of target was like back to where it was last year. So I feel pretty okay with him on my team still. I'm not freaking out about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm a little worried more about like Marvin more. Jones, but I'm not mm-hmm. worried specifically about um, Stafford so much. I'm more, you know, good point. I like, I like how you put it. I'm going to go off that a little bit before we throw it to John, but I'm more worried about the Lions than I am Stafford, I guess. And I'm at the point where I like Stafford so much that I would like to see him on a new team. How about with a new coaching staff on the same team? Dude, but okay? man, how many coaching staffs like do we have? You know what I mean? Like is Detroit well, gonna, yeah. We're talking about Detroit here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you have to keep going. You have to keep changing. <laughs> like uh, it sucks. It sucks that you guys have to change every other year, but yeah, you need a new coach. Need a new need a new culture, need a new system. Dude, I I one hundred percent agree. I do, but I it would be it it would be lovely if they could get it right. <laughs> I, dude, it. I would love to see that. F like, and <sighs> But you know the the thing about it is, you know the the big problem is still on the defensive side. That's what Patricia was supposed to come in and fix. Yeah, and that's still the big issue. Which you know, as as Lions fans, that's a tough pill to swallow. Is fantasy players, fantasy owners, like you you want good offensive players on a team with a bad defense. 
<laughs> especially yeah. especially the quarterback the and the wide receivers and tight ends. You want guys who have to chase points. You want yeah. guys who are playing from behind I, and who I are going to get yeah, garbage. For time. sure, for sure. What what got me thinking about that side of it though was um when Bell went to Kansas City, there were um a lot of Steelers fans that kind of just came out and trashed him for going to that contender and oh he's just chasing a ring and, and it made me think you know if I, I don't want to lose Stafford as a Lions fan to be completely honest with you that's not what this is about I don't want to but if all of yeah. a sudden Stafford was put in this situation where I felt like holy cow like best situation of his life and it was on a different team I'm not gonna hate him for that at all like I'll be disappointed as a Lions fan which is a different thing but I'm not gonna be out there trashing Stafford because he's chasing a ring, air quotes, when I know he's been in so many awful situations in his career, and I think he's handled it very well. Mm. So if he was all of a sudden like put on a team where we're, it was just amazing for him, I'm not going to crap on Stafford at that point. And, and that doesn't mean I want him to go away. Uh, I would love to see him retire a Detroit Lion. But I, I would, I, I don't know, man. I would have loved to have seen Barry Sanders. In a winning situation, I would have loved to see Calvin Johnson in a winning situation. And same for Stafford. We're talking about, like, some greats. Like, this has been happening a long damn time. I mean, they never got to the next, like, level. I mean, not as far as their play, but in the NFL and, like, even divisional championships with this amazing talent. Like, some of the best talent our league has seen has been on the Detroit Lions. But we can't do a damn thing with it. I'm okay with those players going to a situation that favors them. And Detroit's obviously not because they'll just screw them in the end in some kind of contract dispute and make them retire. Which is kind of, I mean, they kind of ran Barry out of the league and Calvin Johnson. Mm. So I I don't know. I'm, I'm fine if they put themselves in a situation where it's better for them. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why the Ford family is so risk averse when it comes to hiring head coaches. Why, like why they have to have such an extensive resume in the NFL and why they're so hesitant to, to dip into the college game. Mm -hmm. I've never understood that because, you know, they, they feel like they're bringing in a safe candidate, you know, a, 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 somebody who's, who's going to be just kind of solid and sturdy. And, you know, they think that they, they thought they were getting the Patriot way with Matt Patricia, which I could have told you from the days of Josh McDaniels here in Denver, that the Patriot way does not translate outside of Foxborough. Yeah. But I don't know why it is that they... Yeah, and you've made those points before, too. Yeah. But, you know, why Why does it have to be, you know, it's it's Jim Caldwell and it's, yeah. um, you know, it, I can't even remember <laughs> Jim Schwartz. Like it's, it's all these retreads mm-hmm. and it's never, you know, they never, like I said, they never dip into the college game and go get some of the young up and coming innovators who, yeah. you know, I don't know, like it's, at some point you have to, you have to just take a home run swing, you know, J- just, you know, looking for a walk every time up isn't gonna, isn't gonna get you to the world series. Yep. Yeah. I'm mixing sports metaphors here, but. Um, so the next one on our list, it's going to be a, a hard move. So maybe we just skip it and get to studs versus studs. Um, but it was going to be Ertz and just kind of what do you do with him? But 
Um, I'm realizing, I mean, man, we, I, time flew, like I'm enjoying this. So time just flew by and we've got to get built a timeline tonight, which you guys definitely need to check out. Um, you won't be able to watch this week's live. Well, maybe you did. Hopefully you did last night. I'm assuming you're listening to this today. You're listening today, no matter when it is, (laughs) (laughs) but Nonetheless, I think we get through studs versus studs really quick, and we'll kind of just skip Ertz because I don't even know why John would want him on his contender, to be honest with you. Just a, an example of somebody that you need to do, you need to sell for something, I think. But last week, John showed up for studs versus studs, and he decided that he wanted to slowly take Brian Har out. And uh, if we did, th- we'll probably do this by weekly average at the end of the year, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh if we were John is winning with his last week um he took Josh Allen who I told him not to and he made <laughs> so many like valid points throughout just um I, I forget now who um who played them the week before that you kind of like mentioned played really crappy too but so John took Josh Allen 99% ownership versus Ryan Fitzpatrick 27% ownership and Josh Allen had 16.8 points to Fitzmagic's 18.4 points that he got benched for and and won. For the percentage total, he had 72% difference and then only won by 1.96 points to equal 73.96. Brian took Watson to Cousins, 32% versus 99% ownership. And Watson was QB1 with the scoring this game is using. So he did not win, but Cousins had a really good week. Like Cousins, by all means, was the best dud picked in the matchup. But nonetheless, Despite three interceptions. By yeah, the way. yeah, so gross. Yep. And uh, but Brian still still picked a decent dud here, but did not. He picked too good of a stud. He got a zero. I was on crazy sauce, and nobody stopped me from drinking it. And I took Dalton against Lamar. So Lamar's 100% against Dalton's 3% ownership at the time. And I also got a donut. So and now Dalton's at like 40% ownership. Um, I, th- I think we'll start with Bill. Give Bill a little chance to catch up here. Okay. So I have a few that I'm trying to debate between. But I think that I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with... Kyle Allen versus Dallas, 4% owned. Uh, Dallas's defense is just awful, and so I'm hoping Kyle Allen can do something. This is just Hail Marys for me, so don't <laughs> I, judge I like me. your dud. I like your dud. I don't know who your stud's going to be, but yeah, I, I like your dud. My stud's going to be uh, Jared Goff versus Chicago, um, 76% owned for Goff. Um, I just think that that's going to be a pretty slow-paced game, and... I think that you know just the lack of volume is going to uh, hurt Goff in that. So I'm going to pray to the football gods that Kyle Allen does something. Fingers crossed. I'm I'm rooting for you, Bill. Thanks, buddy. John, that brings us to you. Yeah, and uh, I'm taking um, both sides of the New Orleans Carolina matchup. Drew Brees, ninety percent owned. And um, that's off a name value strictly at this point because, yep. man, he looks old. <laughs> I, he's over. He's he's at that cliff, and uh, I think he's on his way down right now. 
And, you know, on top of that, now you've got drama with his number one wide receiver. You've got, you know, Jared Cook injury. There's just not a whole lot going on in that offense beyond Alvin Kamara. Uh, Not a lot of options for Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater, on the other hand, 45% owned going up against, you know, by the way, that New Orleans Saints defense is nowhere near what it's been the last couple of years. Um, It's one of the one of the best matchups for a quarterback right now. I believe the fourth best matchup for fantasy quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater has a firm grasp on that Matt Rule offense. Um, And, you know, he's he's in line, I think, for a, a, a top five quarterback week. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that one. Um, man, so I'm going to take somebody I don't like right now. And sorry, John, I'm going to take Carson Wentz at 62% ownership against the Giants as my stud. So I'm not going huge on my ownership there this week. And then my 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 dud is tough because can I There's take a- uh, whoever starts for the Jets? Yeah, but you got to tell week? us too. I know. Who's it going to be? <laughs> wait is did i miss some is darnold injured or are they just is it just a benching i thought it was just a benching he's at practice this week with the the supposed shoulder injuries getting better uh, he was I bet there he, was a spot yeah yeah i bet he plays yeah i agree so um you know what i'm gonna do no <laughs> okay i'm i'm looking <laughs> for the ownership here my glasses came in Nice. <laughs> I had to make an appointment to pick them up, though, and I couldn't do it today, so I'm not getting them till tomorrow or Friday. My appointment's Friday. They're closed tomorrow, so I'm kind of mm. talking shit. I'm not getting them tomorrow at all. <laughs> I like your delay tactic right here. <laughs> um, So I'm going to take Dalton at 40% ownership a good against one. Washington. Love it. A little bit of redemption for Dalton coming. Yeah, I probably should have done that. Oh, uh, He's so gross. There's so much hate around Dalton right now. I was debating between Kyle Allen and Jimmy GQ. Mm. I was going to do that just for you guys because you guys are like dumping on him. That would have been kind of fun. I like the Kyle Allen pick, though, actually. It, it, right oh, down to the matchup. Like, I'm going to see if uh, I can make that happen in that league that I have Dak in and maybe just try to get some crappy old quarterbacks to get me through the year. There you go. Stream them. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. We'll have to see. All right, Swags. Um I will switch to Daniel Jones instead of Derek Carr uh, as my um, lower-end guy. And I'll keep Cam at the top end. So Daniel Jones and Cam. This has been a fun, super flexible show. Um, I think we kind of achieved more like uh, than I thought we would, to be completely honest with you. I love the direction John ended up taking it at the beginning of the show, to be honest with you, before we got into the contenders versus pretenders there um i think i think it fit right with it so i liked that yeah. a lot yeah that was a, a good talk for sure i um i think that a lot of people think when they tank they just got to blow it up so i think that you know having that conversation you know yep. definitely will help some yeah, yeah. There. and it's a it's a different like we said it's a different thought process this year you know for than sure. what it has been in the past it should be anyways yep yeah. yeah, I mean, there's going to be so many guys going off on IR just for the three-week IR that it's going to completely reverse somebody's fortunes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that alone is something that you just got to, like, just ro- play it out this year, honestly. 
Yep. Yeah. Good shit, though, guys. We will get Bill out of here. Yeah. That was uh, your, perfect timing. Your voices of the super flexible show this week are me, Swagzilla Zero G, the one and only John Hogue at Superflex Dude, and Bill McCarthy at Super Duper Flex on the Twatter. I did you guys hear that I got I, that trade? I did get Herbert for um, my Joe Burrow. I got Herbert in the third. Yeah. That's awesome. I was excited, kind of. <laughs> you, you didn't sound very excited. You sounded a little bit remorseful. <laughs> He's second guessing that one. Well, it was. It's kind of like you said about the trade you mentioned earlier. Like he accepted, like pretty quick. You know, there was no counter or anything. So you wonder. You always wonder, like, could I've got a second? Or, um, I'm happy with it, man. Like I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm going to stick with what I said last night. Like, and I know everybody doesn't like this and I'll probably be massacred from time to time, but <laughs> Herbert to a burrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so wrong, but that's cool. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you put them in uh, reverse order there, but that's okay. Ooh. Yeah. I I've agree. got him. I've got him reversed. Reverse, reverse. Yeah. <laughs>